this is manogna shastri uh, if should i read out the question or can everyone see it in the chat window yeah, you, you can, can read the question okay considering how bharat as a civilization attained prosperity and abundance through what can be considered technological prowess in today's terms would it be fair to say that the framework of shastra provides the world a viable sustainable alternative the very definition of technology as against the same based on western science associated with modernity that that's a great question i think it's it's uh, sort of sums up all the presentations um let let me give a brief answer and then uh, I, i'll hand it on and then we go to the other questions it's it's a wonderful question um obviously technology exists in some form or the other we know this starting right from the apes which used tools and other animals that used tools um all civilizations have developed technology in some form or the other so it is not a decision between a non technological existence or a technological existence there's a specifically new quality to modern technology where the kind of limits and the kind of critique of technology that other civilizations hold is cast aside and that's the problem this panelist was trying to vishwa in terms of desire uh, my pre presentation in, in terms of saying that um, the the negative effects of technology actually desired in this apocalyptic thinking that although we see there's a problem we don't want to stop the problem because we think the the final apocalyptic judgment is going to reveal something about the ones who are saved so what has changed is not the use of technology not even its scale but actually a kind of very dark desire almost like a suicidal desire is driving modern technology we really do want the destruction that is what never gets said in all the psychological consciousness is that um the secret here is not technology the secret is that there's a desire for the destruction and we are racing headlong into it okay that was my uh, contribution uh, srinivas sudamudi has a question for you he wants to know why you discussed heidegger oh srinivas is always our best and most difficult reader um it's a good question again because the reason all right let me frame this this way heidegger is trying to reinstate the apocalyptic framework post holocaust and post holocaust there's really a kind of this 2000 year uh, history between the two religions judaism and christianity holocaust does mark a certain kind of seizure in their relationships and the christian church the protestant churches in germany really have to take back some of their statements and sort of for the first time start to acknowledge that christ is not the sole pathway to salvation that other religions may have resources on their own and you cannot force christianity on them so the holocaust is not just an event in the 20th century it's a it's an event within two millennia of christian jewish relationships heidegger is trying to reenact the apocalyptic framework after the holocaust and the fascinating thing that i discovered when i was working on this and other presentations is every time heidegger was asked a question about the holocaust he deflected it to technology and said oh you're talking about the holocaust but i'm talking about technology and it's already arrived the technological paradigm has arrived we're all being forced by this being into a kind of action and a kind of enclosure and we have no control over it great way to get rid of personal responsibility right 
great way to say that he made me do it and I'm not responsible for my actions and it's all like part of a divine plan. So I became very skeptical of Heidegger at that point. Thanks, uh, Srinivas. Hope that answers it. This is to uh, Edward G. Uh, you insist on polytheism uh, rather than paganism. Uh, can you uh, explain it better? Uh, well, um, uh, it, uh, in part, this, uh, this is a function, um, in part, this is a function of some of the debates that have happened within the Western pagan uh, revivalist community um, between those of us who are focused on devotion um, and those who have attempted to appropriate the term paganism uh, um, into an atheistic context. And so it's been necessary within our community um, in order to differentiate those of us who are theistic, those of us who are devoted, who are <clears throat> worshiping actual divinities, um, to differentiate ourselves from those who call themselves pagans, um, but are actually atheists. Thank you. I actually want to uh, dwell a little bit on that point because I have received a, I'm receiving a, a significant pushback uh, on the use of, on, on this whole pagan business uh, from, from our community here, uh, from our friends and uh, on Twitter. And, uh, and why are you trying to equate, uh, you know, a PhD, which is Hinduism, with paganism, which is kindergarten, you know, supremacist statements and those kind of things, uh, but uh, when when this when this idea struck me uh, that we should do a conference including paganism, it was purely from the perspective that devotion to nature is making a comeback. Uh, and and that probably you you within your community would distinguish it and call it neo paganism or uh, which which reflects the devotional aspect as opposed to an atheistic aspect. <clears throat> but basically, paganism is making a comeback uh, 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 because the West has realized that you know they have to uh, you know give back and you know, the whole concept of sustainability and all that. So the whole thought of bringing in uh, Hinduism uh, along with pagan traditions was the pagan traditions that worship nature. And uh, so when we announced this, uh, uh, you know, nine months back, and when Nagaraj Garu made that note, uh, uh, that note, uh, the entire stream of that note was actually about about devotion only. Uh, what you're what you're terming as polytheistic uh, and the devotional aspect. So our intent was always not to target the uh, atheistic pagans, uh, so to speak. But uh, I am actually glad that we have arrived at uh, this today, and you are a part of it, and you have spoken today. 
it sort of vindicates my uh, my stand because one of the things that we are uh, what i firmly believe is that everything centers around uh, devotion <clears throat> what we are trying to do in terms of uh, yoga for example everything has been sacralized so we are trying to bring back devotion into uh, yoga uh, our spiritual systems of uh, non duality is all sacralized so we have to bring back devotion into our spiritual systems so every aspect uh, even uh, environment we have to bring back devotion so our bringing back devotion into the discourse before harvard comes back with the research saying that devotion is important we ourselves bring back devotion into every aspect of uh, our civilizational uh, aspects which are timeless which the world is actually consuming today in a secular fashion uh, i believe it's very important in fact i i i hope and visualize a, a, a situation wherein pure research has a new category which is not just spiritual but not religious but spiritual therefore devotional spiritual therefore religious because both are integrated and this is something which is very personal and i i i'm a big votary of it and that's one of the reasons why uh, we had wanted pagan uh, as a part of this uh, conference so like the other one yeah I, i would like to uh, i would like to add to the ed's answer and hari's answer the whole idea is is that is that monotheism's always worked because a simple because of the reductive simplicity and the calling hinduism a pagan religion should offends hindus because of a hierarchy created by monotheistic religions so by us saying yeah we are pagan <laughs> what are you going to do about it we empower ourselves by striking down a kind of a regulative principle they've held over our heads right so i i i i i why should pagan be a bad word who made it a bad word the christians made it a bad word so uh in a way by saying we are pagan we are taking back uh, a a political move they made and saying and we are okay with it so you in other words we refuse to be defined on your terms and and so on so that that's one thing as uh, the word neo pagan capture uh, polytheistic aspects uh, edward well um there there can be a certain there can be a certain amount of confusion associated with that term as well uh you know i mean it it really depends on the person who's using it what their intention is by it um i and some others have taken to simply using the term polytheism because it simply expresses that we recognize and worship many gods um and polytheism also is um a concept that um has been greatly denigrated 
and needs to be revalued. Um, that to have more gods is better. Um, that to, for there to be more divinity in the world is a good thing. Um, I think that um, this is what the ancients of every civilization recognized. Um, they recognized the gods of other peoples. They, uh, 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 they had an openness to the presence of gods throughout all things. Um, and so that's what I and some others try to uh, recognize through the use of the term polytheism, which is a relatively simple and straightforward term. Um, there is value, I agree, in taking back uh, the term pagan, which um, had uh, 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 a certain pejorative value originally. Um, and we recognize the uh, history of struggle by uh, revaluing that and by saying we own this term that uh, you cast upon us with uh, aspersion. Uh, we own it, we affirm the struggle that uh, is embodied in it, um, the struggle which sundered uh, uh, so many uh, polytheistic civilizations, so many traditions. Um, but we recognize uh, that uh, what was past can be present and future uh, again, um, that traditions are not simply gone and dead uh, once they've been sundered, but they can be revived. Uh, and I think that uh, that's a very important point, um, that uh, it's not just a question of uh, those traditions which have managed against all odds to survive, um, like the extraordinary traditions embodied in Sanatana Dharma, um, but also those which were sundered uh, can live again. Uh, the gods have not gone anywhere. They are still with us. And we can return to them anytime we wish. I agree. Actually, there is a political value also in this. Uh, equally as uh, paganism, even polytheism has a rebellious uh, value in it because it was polytheism which was uh, actually killed by the monotheisms of Abrahamic uh, religions. So both the words are important politically, equally politically, both the, both the words are important. Probably uh, we can retain both rather than choosing one of them. I think there is a big, uh, uh, I mean, just in terms of uh, the pop culture, uh, Edward, there is a, there is a massive uh, uh, usage of that word uh, uh, paganism, just in terms of the festivals that are happening just uh, uh, as a pop culture. So sometimes, uh, you know, you, you, you put on a word to a particular, uh, you know, uh, meaning in an essence. And uh, I don't know, I mean, uh, maybe we have to qualify whenever we're saying that, look, we mean the devotional aspect or uh, polytheistic pagans or of whatever. 
And the, the, my my idea my idea is not just just I'm not just trying to conflate. Uh, I, I'm not I'm not. I, if all this is above my pay grade, just to talk uh, talk about conflating. But uh, but I'm just I'm just I'm just an, as an enabler. I'm just curious the fact that what we have seen yesterday and today we have seen we have seen so much of uh, uh, scriptural sanction of devotion to um, animals and uh, nature. And that is never brought out in, 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 in this whole discussion. We have a, a Western lens which comes and teaches environment and there's no reference to it. Probably this kind of a discussion that we as Hindus, we worship nature by innate nature. It's, it's a scriptural sanction, it's part of our being. I don't think so anybody, there's any seminar that has actually discussed this ever in the post-independence, uh, uh, I don't know, somebody can correct me. But this is like a first time I'm, I'm, I'm saying that, look, let's, let's discuss it. There are books written uh, by uh, Nandita Ji, she spoke, that's actually probably saying that Hinduism and nature. And I'm, I'm completely taken aback when uh, we are <laughs> told that, look, you know, we have to be respectful to nature, we have to be devotional to nature, Seriously? Um, I, I just wanted to ask Viva and Rahul uh, to speak because we did hear from them if they want to add something. Okay. Uh, thank you, Dr. Bhakti. Um, I want to show you something. This is laterite stone. Laterite stone is found in our two districts in Goa, but also in the district immediately to the north, Sindhudurg, and also in Uttar Kannada. Now, if you, um, for those who have been following earlier, when I mentioned about the, the different parts of the topology, where the cattle graze, where the orchard is, where the house is, where the coconut bhat is, and where the fields are. Each of these is marked by the use of this stone. And this stone combined with other materials, including the rice that is grown in the lowest level, actually keeps the soil in, keeps the water in, prevents the erosion of the hill, and at the lowest level, prevents the intrusion of saline water. Uh, this actually I'm describing in relation to the question about technology. So this to me is remarkable technology done with the simplest of in instruments, the simplest of material, but with such an extraordinary sense of perception of the qualities of the material and the qualities of these materials in combination. Now, we are led to believe that, yes, this has come out of a great deal of experience, but somebody has written it down and somebody has tried it, seen how it works and passed it on. So I'm mentioning this because it means that we have a, this to me is a wonderful example of a dharmic technology that does not 
that does not succumb to modernity, that does not look to, to cement. Limestone plus some gravel plus some sand, add mixed water and bring with a cement mixer. This is repairable by each section which degrades and therefore has a much longer life than the 60 years of commercial cement. So in that sense, you know, those, those nine values, the Pancha Mahabhuta plus the other four, which include Kala, time. So the understanding of time as a, as a factor of durability is far superior than what modern uh, life has given to us in the form of cement. If it's cement, you have to destroy the whole thing. But if there is an incursion in this wall, then only one piece, two by two, has to be removed and repaired using the same materials. This, I think, is the difference that I wanted to point out. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I, I mean, I'm speaking for all of us here, but we liked your, both your presentations so much because uh, it's sort of balancing the, the theoretical part with concrete examples. And these, these are just fantastic examples of technology that is local on the ground, works in particular contexts, you know, uh, and, and makes the point that no one is arguing for a non-technological civilization, but we are arguing for technology to be reduced to a tool rather than being this thing that is enclosing us and, and forced on us. So restoring the agency of the indigenous communities, uh, you know, if they say we, we, we get along fine without your grand progress plan that you have, someone you mentioned how uh, the children of uh, the cattle herders are sort of being taken away in school because the state has determined that's the progressive model. It's, it's, it's violating indigenous group uh, agency to say, you know, and, and this was actually not just in India, this has been done in Canada, this has been done in Australia where children were forcibly removed from their parents and put in these Christian schools or given to white couples to adopt and raise. It's, it's, it's a kind of genocide. So we have to wind, start winding down 6 to 18. It is 6, 6.30 we have our next uh, festival starting. So I think uh, I'd like to say the goodbyes uh, to... <laughs> to all of you in terms of uh, just just thanking uh, every one of you. Um, it started uh, with uh, Dr. Nagaraj Paturiji. He made the note and uh, this was six months back. And then uh, they, it was uh, when the, we didn't get enough response, it was very disappointing. And actually I forced him to send out a mail saying that, look, because we didn't get any response, we are actually canceling this. Uh, this was six months back. Uh, because I want to admit failure and if we try something new and we didn't happen. So let's, let's admit, let people know that, yes, it's all, it's all good to say that, look, we should do this. We should do this when somebody's doing it and then people don't respond. It's really disheartening. So we just put it out there and saying that, look, this is not happening because you guys didn't respond. I didn't get any response. And then, uh, then the idea that, look, we are, maybe we're just talking to scholars. We should actually now talk to activists that came up. Once that opened up, I mean, then it's just uh, reaching out to like Viva and, and Rahul and all these people, then uh, Shubhain, so many people, uh, uh, Taran Chabra. I, I mean, suddenly the world opened up. 
and and then bringing both these people together or uh, you know as a framework of scholars and saviors that actually just just gave a new uh, dimension to this whole thing and i'm i'm really grateful uh, for all of you who have participated this has just been a, a very very i would say uh, uplifting uh, uplifting uh, experience actually last two days has been very uplifting just the whole process of curating this and making this happen has been very very uplifting one of the things i'm very very uh, which i keep arguing and pushing my colleagues also is that we the, the things that we are very strong on the values that we are strong on on health on sustainability on peace and happiness we have to just go out on the front foot and hit the ball ball on the park i mean we, are, we why are we on the back foot uh, so, uh, and therefore, this is this is something which I'm very happy that this conference is such a successful uh, conference with more than 27 speakers, and uh, I, I'm looking to organize a pagan festival celebrating <laughs> paganism, you know, on the beach in Goa, you know, bring bring all the guys, you know, we should do that. Uh, this is all about celebration and living our tradition. Uh, so, thank you so much. We uh, joy Edward and. Uh, uh, Vishwa are going to be back uh, uh, next week on Sunday. We are doing this uh, retrospective prospective uh, series where we are going to examine their body of work in the past and then look at what they're working on. I request all the people who join to uh, see, because this goes back to the legacy partnerships that we are doing, wherein we are, we are, we are really saying that, look, you know, this is, this is, this is, these are venerable scholars out there. Now you have to carry on this legacy and in 20, 30 years time, we have to say that, oh, I see a Vishwa in you, I see a Butler in you. That's how it has to be. So people who are participating in this, please come back on 24th where we are doing this conference. We have a series like that. We have a series like that. Next month we are doing with Michelle Danino and, and then we are doing with uh, uh, Minakshi Jain and then with, uh, uh, with a series, Conrad Els. So all, all the scholars whose legacy we want to perpetuate, we are going to do this series over the next uh, uh, six months. Uh, and I, 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 I urge all of you, Srinivas is going to uh, be again moderating and curating the whole thing. So he's going to come up and send out uh, mails to you. So please do join us. We are, uh, we are very, very grateful for the fantastic participation. Both the days we had a fantastic participation. We had 700 registrations, but we had more than 100 plus all the time. Thank you very much for that. Nagaraj Garu, do you have any uh, closing remarks? You're remote, you're, you're muted, you're muted, you're muted. You're muted, muted. <laughs> muted, muted. Or oh, he's not able to leave. <laughs> okay. We, we covered diverse topics, uh, diverse regions, uh, diversity in terms of theory and data, diversity in terms of theory and practice, uh, diversity in terms of uh, Indian scriptures and uh, Western historical material. Diversity in every respect uh, was there. It was a very, very rich coverage in the conference for all that. I thank all the panelists who have given us this opportunity of covering every uh, small aspect of the topic. Shall we, uh, the, the, the other thing is we're trying to bring back devotion. We were ensuring that we had uh, uh, people participate with, uh, uh, with Slokas and Vedic chants. Probably we'll release an album sometime back focused on 
all the slokas uh, which relate to uh, so to shall we end with uh, shanti mantra yes yes let's do that ವಹನಾವತು ಸಹನೋಭುನಕ್ಕು ಸಹ ವೀರ್ಯಂಕರವಾವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನಾವಧೀತಮಸ್ತು ಮಾವಿದ್ವಿಷಾವಹೈ ಓಂ ಶಾಂತಿ 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 ಓಚ್ಛನ್ಯೋರಾವೃಣೀಮಹೆ ಸಾತುಯಜ್ಞಾಪತ ಥ್ಯಾಂಕ್ಯೂ ಆಲ್ ಥ್ಯಾಂಕ್ಯೂ ಮಂತ್ರಿ ಥ್ಯಾಂಕ್ ಯು ಥ್ಯಾಂಕ